Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678-951-9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy! Yesterday we looked at the final kind of phase, the final step, uh, the final state of salvation, which is glorification. We finished up the Ordo Salutis series, and uh, we looked at a couple of passages, namely 1 Corinthians 15 and Revelation chapter 3. Um, I, I definitely heard some, from several of you, you know, after the sermon that it was comforting, that it was helpful, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it um, with Graham to be a dad, Thompson. Hey. And Blake... A dad once again as dad of again. June. Is this the dad cast? When was July, Kennedy born? July 1. July 1. Okay. The Yeah, we're all dads. The dad cast. The dad cast. It's oh, actually man. the sermon talkback, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people call it the dad <laughs> cast. So, um, yeah. And, and I think this idea of... Um, even kind of how we started the sermon. You will be glorified or you will be condemned. Um, obviously intensifies... When thinking about children and thinking about trying to disciple our own children well and um, being a Christian witness and um, believing in the ultimate judgment of God. So um, these are things that we should be thinking about. And so, Blake, I'll just start with you. Uh, as we kind of walked through this yesterday, thought about this as a church, what were just some things that, that you thought about that rang true in your mind? Yeah, um, I think, you know, one of the things that, that really— um, I think was the center of the text was uh, what what Christ has done in the resurrection or what God has done in Christ through the resurrection um, and what that means for us today as Christians. And so um, our hope of glorification is that Christ was raised from the dead. And the text talks about Christ being the first fruits um, of that resurrection. And so, uh, you know, as we live our Christian lives, we look back on the resurrection of Christ and we look forward to the day that uh, no matter what we face in this life, that we too will be resurrected uh, to new life in God. Yeah, and I think it's that hope that um, should rightly drive Christians. Um, it seems that today a lot of hope or the hope that we often present uh, in church life is you'll make better business decisions if you yeah. follow these Christian principles. Mm -hmm. Or the mm -hmm. hope is like, you'll uh, be an honorable person if you follow these Christian principles or whatever. Um, I don't think we talk enough about the eternal hope that we have in Christ, that you will be glorified uh, through faith in Jesus and through obedience to Jesus. Um, so yeah, I think that's... And then, as you say, like, that's anchored in this historical reality that uh, we believe that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection that the resurrection in one sense has already happened, the kingdom is already here, and uh, that Christ ha is a security deposit, if you will, that mm -hmm. uh, our resurrection is coming. How about you, Graham? Any impressions? Yeah, I thought in the text it was really interesting 
how Paul talks about different, uh, the difference between Adam and Christ. And he talks about like the first man, the second man, the man of dust, the man of heaven. And uh, in this aspect, especially in this day and age of how important it is to recognize Adam as a historical man, just as Christ is an ext- a historical man, just for that comparison to work in scripture. I mean, this is, this is what we believe as Christians. And, but what's most interesting about that is as Adam is a real man that we share as humanity, we all share in his sin. But the hope that Blake is talking about is through Christ, we now share in Christ's glory. And at the end of the sermon, Jason, you recommended that we spend what 15 minutes thinking about uh, Christ's glory, 15 minutes a day thinking about that. And I just thought that was really helpful because at least for myself, I find myself so often just caught up in the day-to-day tasks. I have like a an, an incredible like checklist and calendar and events and all of these things I'm just trying to like get through. Uh, and yet at the same time, like I am missing out on this eternal context of, of forever. Uh, and, and I lose my place. I forget where I am in the yeah. scheme of everything else. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think I was quoting Edwards there to recommend mm. that. And, uh, it's not that we just think about Christ's glory as important as that is, it's that we think about our own glory. We think about the glory that mm. we will share with Jesus. And I think that's important even going back to your first point is we know that we share the consequences of our father, Adam, right? right? Mm-hmm. We know that we're separated from God. We know that um, uh, we experience death. Mm-hmm. We know that we experience pain and suffering and all the rest. And so we know that we experience the, we share in the suffering or we share in the consequences of Adam's sin and not just Adam's sin. We also share in the consequences of other fathers along Mm -hmm. the way and their decisions, right? So um, we inherit, if you will, a a nature to sin, or we inherit uh, a set of consequences from our parents that came before us, right? So we understand the sharing in the death of Adam. We understand Mm -hmm. sharing in the sin of Adam. Um, the promise of the Christian life is that we'll also share in the victory of Christ. Just as you share in the death and the sin of Adam, so too is it guaranteed for you through faith in Jesus that you will share in the victory of Jesus. And that's an amazing thing to talk about. You know, before we went on, we were talking about sports. Mm -hmm. Graham, incredibly competitive swimmer. Well, yeah, back in high school, I was a swimmer and... uh, Swimming is such an individualistic sport. And every time I say that, somebody's like, well, isn't there like a relay? I'm like, "Eh, yeah, but you're still like have your own time with the relay and you're still like in the pool by yourself. So it's a very individualistic sport. And, uh, and for better or worse, I like, I liked that aspect of it. Uh, but I've had to grow as a team player in the future. But one of the kind of the issues with that is like, as I was, competing in swimming and I ended up going to state and I, when I competed in state, you know, if I did bad or good, it didn't really matter. I mean, I was like all by myself and right. it was, it was you not didn't glorifying. Have a team to share in the victory. With. No, no, no. It was, yeah, it was just me. And yeah. then I, I th- hear Jason talk about his Auburn experiences. I think about last weekend, A&M, Arkansas, eighth year in a row, or is it ninth year in a row? Something incredible. Sorry, Arkansas fans. Uh, but that's glorious. It's, yeah, it's, you're sharing in the experience. Yeah. 
You were sh- you shared in Kellen Mond's glory on Saturday, Graham. Yeah, only on Saturday. The other days we need to work. We still need to get to work, but uh, but this yeah, past I think, Saturday, I yeah. think we do understand <laughs> what we're talking about here. Yeah. Is we're, the, we understand the idea? Sports is a great analogy for this. We we understand the idea of sharing in someone else's glory where we didn't really accomplish much, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if Auburn, you know, to use your point, if Auburn wins the national championship this year, what will I have done to contribute that? Not that much. Um, but I'll still get to share in the glory because I'm an Auburn fan because I'm connected to them. Now, the truth of the matter is too, and this this is kind of a, um, I think this this actually is a really helpful analogy for like the Christian life, and and the more that you uh, do for the kingdom of Christ, yeah. uh, the more missional we are. The more that you serve, the more that you buy into this, the more that you find your identity in Jesus, the more you share in His glory, right? And so. The victory that Christ will have and will show and will be full one day, um, we will we will share in through faith in Christ, and we will more so share in um, as we have rested our lives and our identity and our mission and our money and our giving in Jesus and in His kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, it's also um, just important to remember that, like Christ secured this glory. Um, I think. You know, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, we we sin against God. Um, we share in, you know, the consequences of Adam's sin uh, day in and day out. Um, we're selfish. We, we do all these things. Um, and our hope is not that we will achieve sinless perfection on this side of heaven, um, our hope is that Christ has achieved that and Christ has been glorified um, and that we will one day share in his glory. I just want to make sure that like, yeah, we're clear but, on. But actually the analogy is really good, right? Like, I mean, and obviously Paul uses this throughout his writing. Adam sinned. We inherited a nature of sin. And now what do we do? We sin. Mm-hmm. We do what our father did. Christ was righteous. We've inherited a righteous record. And now what is the Christian life about? Being like Christ mm-hmm. and ultimately becoming like Christ. Right. Uh, and so to me, that's just, it's a, be- it's a really helpful and beautiful picture to us. Like, what is God's goal for you? His goal for you is to be like Jesus and to share in the glory of Jesus and to share in the righteousness of Jesus um, as you are conformed into his very image. Just to build off of that, yesterday you mentioned um, four stages or four states of man. And uh, I, I think a little clarity may be helpful. Um, I, I just was curious, like, is it really possible for me to to not sin right now or to choose not to sin? I mean, I, I, under, I understood what you were saying. I just, I, I, a little clarity as to like, what is going on right now? Um, yeah, yeah. And I just flew through that and, and I apologize. So quick, quickly, the four states of man, Adam in the garden before sin could have sinned. And he could not have sinned, right? He was free. He he yeah. could have obeyed God when God gave him the command, or he could have sinned against God. Of course, he ultimately sinned against God. Mm-hmm. And that moved us into the second state of man, which basically Augustine describes the second state of man. It's, it's total depravity, right? It's mm-hmm. non passe, non bagarre. We're not able not to sin, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We, we sin all the time. Um, and then the third state of man, though, after Christ has redeemed us from the law, from the us from the curse, by becoming a curse for us, after God's given us the Holy Spirit of God, mm-hmm. 
we still can sin, which we do, right? We, we, none of us would say we've achieved Christian perfectionism, yeah. but we can be righteous. Mm-hmm. We can obey. We, we can do the right thing. We can be motivated by a love for God. We can pursue God. We can honor God. And that's the work of the Spirit right. in us. Now, it's not that we do that all the time, right? The, the work of sanctification is that us not sinning would you know, yeah. overcome our sinning. But of course, the ultimate state is the final state, the fourth state, which is where we can't sin. We're not able to sin. And that's glorification. And I think that happens because we are in the presence of God, because mm-hmm. we see the fullness of God, because we're so captured by the beauty and the glory of God. So, what, what are your similar questions you have, Blake? Um, yeah, I think so. Like, um, you know, we're, we ought to look to Christ, um, we ought to hope in the resurrection we we ought to look forward to um our glorification daily moment by moment as motivation to pursue christ and faithfulness and be conformed but we don't what are some of the things that you think commonly distract people from gazing upon the glory of christ i think we live i mean this is i mean this is obvious like we live in a very distracted world we live in a world where we are easily distract us distracted but at the end of the day, it's the same kind of th- things that keep us from God that have always kept us from God, uh, the flesh, the devil, and the world, right? I mean, the, the flesh, uh, the old man that we're putting to death, uh, Satan, principalities and powers of this age that are leading us away from godliness, and the world. We live in a world of—we live among people of unclean lips. We live among people that are drawn to sin, and so— I think that the difference in like today's iPhone and you know social media and generations we have access to so much of that all the time, and I think a big danger too in this moment that we're we're in right now is that we never have time to be quiet enough to ask yeah. some of the bigger questions of life, or to think deeply about things, or to meditate deeply on yeah. God's truth. Uh, or we never even have really time to be lonely mm. or to, uh, you know, we are so um, quickly fixated or fix, quickly fixed in this day where, you know, basically like if, if I want toothpaste, I can get on my phone, order toothpaste, and it might be in my house within 24 hours. I don't have to go to mm-hmm. the store, right? So we're so used to that that um, this idea of longing for eternal life that's not going to come for years and years and years is just so obscure. It feels so distant from what our normal pattern is. Whereas if we were living 150 years ago or you know hundreds of years ago and working on a cathedral that we knew we would never see in our lifetime, yeah. the idea of living for something in the future was more natural. So we just we're just in this very immediate age right now and this whole idea of glorification is very distant. Now, I think it, it gets easier as you get older. Um, you know, teach we, me your ways, Jason. Well, I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still counting myself as I guess pretty young. I think yeah, I think it's it's easier for like sixty or seventy or eighty year olds sure. that yeah. are realizing. You know, I mentioned the guy that I had had lunch with on September 11th. Um, you know. 18 years ago. I mean, yeah. and I'll say this, like, golly, I can't, I, I can't believe that's been 18 years ago. Cause I vividly remember it. And it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, 
But, you know, if let's say you were mid 50s, that happened. And now you're saying, well, in another 18 years, I'm going to be gone. Mm. Well, you got to think about these things. But I think most of us now, we're just in such immediate life. Things are so fixated. The future seems long that it's easy to get distracted by things of lesser importance. Mm hmm. Yeah, I am in Jason Byers' morning, uh, Friday morning group, and uh, he's been going through Don Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life book. One of the disciplines, which was like the hardest for me, was silence and solitude. Because I just have, the world doesn't disciple you towards silence and solitude. It disciples you towards more content, 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 all that kind of filling your calendar. You gotta make time all that. to listen to the sermon talk back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not even science and solitude. Now we're filling your ears with stuff. You gotta like take some time all by yourself. But what what turn stuck the with podcast me. Yeah. off, people. Stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep listening for just a little bit longer. This was all a trap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh it's something you have to really work at. It's hard. Like we've we've no one like the world is not discipling us towards silence and solitude. This is something that we need to be pursuing. This is something I'm not good at. Um, this is something that, I mean, it's just hard to really hard. set aside time and uh, to fixate your mind on the things of the Lord. Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, Jonathan Edwards said you should think about your own glory right. for 15 minutes a day. Well, yeah, how do you do that? You who know? does that? I mean, let's be honest. Like, Well, watching the news. You know, you can't yeah, do, you know. who does, I mean, that, but how much would that change us? Mm. But if you're in Edwards' time and you have to ride your horse everywhere or whatever— <laughs> then, okay, those things make a little more sense. And you don't have, like, an iPhone in your horse, you know? So buy a horse. That's <laughs> well, no, yeah. yeah. a good point. I, I, I will mean, say this. I, I will say this, actually, really practically. There are some things that you can do that will aid with this that you do for the sake of these kinds of disciplines. I'll give you an example, like yard work. There's some of you that may need to start doing your own yard work. Mm. Even though you can afford somebody to do it, even though you you know you may like that extra time or whatever, and this is just a suggestion. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you have to cancel your yard service, but there's something you might do because you need something that will make you be alone. And it's not perfect silence, yeah. obviously the sound of the mower or whatever, but it's it's head silence. Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. you need head silence for an hour a week while you're cutting your grass and sweeping the sidewalk. Uh, just to have clear and that that that's an intentional decision that you're making because it is hard to do these things some of you need to take a walk every yeah. morning or something some of you need to have a discipline where when you commute to your work you don't turn on the radio mm -hmm. or whatever else because that's and so i think you can incorporate some of these things that seem a little impossible you can incorporate them into your life you can create some things that that help you in something like silence and solitude, because really what we're talking about here is in some sense, I mean, how do you work out the discipline of glorification or thinking about glorification? It's really just creating space in your head to think about eternity and big things, um, not immediate things. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the importance of corporate worship, like a continual reminder of the things of the Lord. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It should be transcendent yeah. every week. Mm -hmm. So what are, um, you know, as we think on glorification, how does this move us forward in our mission as Christians? I think it's what you said before. You know, I mean, the the hope of glory uh, should be one of our main motivators. I mean, let's, 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 let's be honest. You were talking about this earlier. 
uh, today, uh, not on this podcast, but just in a conversation we were having. Okay, of all the things that we try to get people to do as a church, you know, read their Bible culturally, okay, like that's a little personal time. You're working mm-hmm. on yourself, corporate mm-hmm. worship or community, okay, community be important. Mm-hmm. That's something that our culture celebrates. But mm-hmm. the mission of God, evangelizing people, leading people to faith in Christ, saying people that there's a judgment someday mm-hmm. where they'll face God, this is something that our culture looks at and says, not only is it not good to do that, it's saying you're actually wrong to yeah, do it's that. Wrong. Like, yeah. let people be free. Let people make their decisions. Mm-hmm. How dare you say that they're going to be judged by God someday? Like, what? what who do you think you are? Uh, what gives you the authority to say stuff like that? So all that to say is if you're not if you're not thinking from an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. if you're not thinking about future glory and mm-hmm. future condemnation, um, you won't have much space to be motivated for that's things. right. You know, I mean, you won't there. But if you are, you know, I got the greatest email yesterday from a guy who's recently lost his wife, and he just said, "Man, I loved that sermon. It was both very sad, just to make me miss. He made me miss my wife, mm-hmm. but it was both incredibly joyful." to think about what she is like now. And we talked a lot about, you know, our, our glorified Smith, state. Sir, yeah. yeah, yeah, on, on uh, Golden, yeah. Um, Golders Green. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a real person. This is somebody from The Great Divorce, if you didn't listen to the sermon. Yeah. But anyway, so he was just trying to think about what she is like now, and it made, and it comforted him. And yeah, so, okay, Blake, we'll, 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 we'll finish the podcast how we started it. Blake, you're a dad. Graham, you're a dad and, you know, your child is arriving in February? Is February, right? yeah. Okay. I'm a dad. I want when, I want to be really proud one day when my kid graduates high school and they've done well in school, they've done well in sports or whatever activities they decide, they've worked hard. I want to be proud when my kids are 40, you know, and they're married and they have kids of their own and they're working hard at a career you know, all that matters. That's important. But what matters much more than that is who my kids will be in a million years, mm-hmm. in a thousand years, and who they are in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And if if I want to take the role of Christian discipleship seriously, I need to have that child in mind. And then I need to think about that in terms of, you know, everybody that I encounter all the time. They're, they're either going to be, I mean, this is some kind of borrowing from Lewis here, but they're either going to be something so horrific that they would totally terrify you in hell, or they're going to be something so glorious that they could make every dead thing in the universe come to life. And if we really believe what we say we believe, that is that is the future of every soul. And God's put us on a big mission to, to be a part of shaping mm-hmm. those souls. That's good. Well, guys, this has been fun. Graham? I love being part of the dad cast. It's the dad Thanks, cast. Jason. It's the dad cast. <laughs> Hey, I'm excited for you. That son is going to be a... It might be a girl. We don't know. (laughs) It's going to be a boy, guys. It's going to be a boy. We're going to get so much blue stuff at like baby showers just because you keep saying that. Your bottom dollar. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Matthew Blake Thompson. Oh, gosh. You guys. Well, for Blake Rogers, Graham Thompson, and for Matthew Blake Thompson, Graham's future son, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.